Hello, it's Cherry here, your host. Um, I have a couple of housekeeping notices just before we get this episode started. Um, first things first, this is a pilot episode. This is my first time working in audio, so please forgive me for any editing errors, any audio quality issues. I am learning. I'm going to get better, I promise. Um, and if you have any advice, any comments, any critiques, or if you just want to send me some hate mail, get in contact. I would love to know what you think. While recording this episode, I got confused as to what I named the podcast. Um, so I think at one point in time, I start calling it the exam room. Um, it's not the exam room. It's the exam hall my god so much mental and energy and effort went into deciding whether it was the exam room and the exam hall um that one word difference really took up a lot of my time um but yes I apologize for getting confused it is the exam hall it's not the exam room exam hall lastly I am currently looking for people to join me on future episodes of the exam hall so if you're listening to this episode and you think I want to get involved I want to be a guest come get involved come be a guest you do not have to be an Oxbridge graduate you do not have to be a rocket scientist or a heart surgeon you just have to be yourself of course if you are those things that's perfect but just just yourself that's all I want that's all I want. That is more than enough. So if you do want to get involved, you can get in contact on social media at the exam hall pod, or you can click the link in the episode description, which will take you to um, an expression of interest form. Um, I can't wait to talk to some of you. Um, I'm so excited to get this podcast going and to get it up on its feet. So I'm just going to stop talking and let you enjoy the episode. Welcome to the exam hall. My name is Cherry and I will be your host. I am a theatre maker, poet and a bit of a wanker from London. Um, this is the exam hall. This is our pilot episode. So number one, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for stopping by wherever you may be, whoever you are. Um, number two, this is our pilot episode. We are still working things out. I'm working out intros, outros, in-betweenos. Um, so please be patient and thank you. Um, and number three, let me tell you what's going on. Let me tell you what you're listening to. This is the example, the podcast where each episode I will be sitting down with a very special guest and answering questions from what is known as the hardest exam in the world the All Souls entrance exam. All Souls College Oxford is maybe the most prestigious academic institution in the world. To be eligible to apply, you must already hold a degree from Oxford and the college awards only two fellowships per year. Each applicant must sit four three-hour exams, two of those being a specialist paper and the other two being a general paper, which is where we are drawing our questions from. If you're lucky enough to be an appointed fellow, you are given funding for a seven-year period to fund research, you have free board, you get a salary, you have access to study any subject at Oxford of your choosing, and you are given contacts with leading professionals and scholars in your field. However, in this 
alternate reality multiversal podcast version of all souls we have no eligibility criteria everyone is welcome no matter what qualification you do or do not have holding an astrophysics phd is just a valid qualification as being alive for x number of years all are welcome all are equal here basically we're going to be sitting down some interesting people having interesting conversations and along the way we're going to have a conversation about education and accessibility so i mean there's really nothing else to do but to welcome my guest for this the first episode i could not be more excited to have this person here with me today love them i think i i think they're my best friend and i think she's my biggest hater it is the one the only the gorgeous the intelligent the smart the stunning <laughs> it's mavish malik Woo! hi mavish hello how you doing today fucking awful to be honest oh no why too many adjectives mate too many adjectives someone at the source on the way here oh Hello. <laughs> Hello. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for being the here. That will welcome to the podcast. We need we need to keep up the sort illusion. of illusion. Oh my god, we're in a studio. Welcome to the studio. We're so cool Definitely this. not your bedroom. Mavish, welcome to the podcast. Hello. Um tell me, what qualifications do you have to be sitting here today? being a hater of cherry apple number past one how many years we met we became we i was in friends in year nine we wouldn't we would have made no we made friends in year eight did we because i had no friends so i this is really <laughs> embarrassing me and mavish have been we've known each other since year seven yeah been friends since year eight and in year year eight i had no friends so i learned what mavish liked and i went away and forced myself to like it that was down in phil I I I knew you liked Dan and Phil, so I went away and watched Dan and Phil, and came back to our French lesson the next day, being like, "Dan and Phil are really cool, don't you think?" Fun story. This goes a step further. I only got into Dan and Phil because I think Emily told me that she I reminded her of Dan. Wow. So, in essence, Emily Fletcher, big shout out. Big shout out. Big friend of the pod. Uh, big friend of the pod. It's thanks to her, really. It is, yeah. It's all down yeah. to her. Um, Mavish. Yeah. What experience do you have? What qualifications do you have to be eligible for podcast all souls? Why am I qualified? I don't know. Tell I me about yourself. Opinions, I sake. I knew you'd do this. I feel like I need to be. Either I'm going to introduce you. Need you need to intro me, but I I can't be present for that. But also you that's can't. Impossible. You need to be able to advocate Hello. for yourself, Mavish. Tell like what do. You, so a white person's going to tell me how to advocate for myself. Yeah, I am. Maybe dismantle, yeah, I am. Yeah, maybe I dismantle am. white supremacy first, Cherry. No. Put that on the to-do list. Anyway, okay. Hi, I'm Mavish. I've known Cherry for so long. Yeah. Too long, some might say. Too long. All would say. Her mother would say. I went to school with Cherry, unfortunately. I, I was hoping this would be more about you. Tell, yes. me, tell us about you. No, but this is giving context as to why I'm here. You, they don't need to know that. They do. Okay. Anyway, sure. I do English. I do English at the University of Cambridge. Came. Boo to Oxford. Boo to Oxford. Boo, Boo to all souls. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love that Cherry decided to launch this as, you know, ooh, the exam room, ooh, all souls Oxford, but filming her first episode in Cambridge. Yeah. Cambridge Superiority, GDBO, yeah. shout out. Anyway, I do English. 
Love yeah. English. Love books. Love books. That's actually debatable to be fair. You're an amazing um I I wanna say like you're you're you do brilliant columns. Mavish I've is a brilliant three things, Cherry. And each of them that are brilliant. Doesn't count. Literally I edit Cherry's poems, that's what I Mavish do. Mavish is also my editor for all and everything. If um, I had to really, really go really hyperbolic with my qualifications i'd say i'm, ch- I'm an editor you're an editor as of cherry shit you're a crit i'd say you're a critical writer everything you a write critical writer well like non-fiction doesn't feel right i don't know is critical it critical writer I f- you're a writer i don't know i don't know mm. we need to get started this is so we much do. Waffle. we as we said we have ice cream to have well i was gonna do your introduction again just like making sure they knew that you're really great and mavish is great smart love her Anyway, <laughs> let's get st- let's actually get started get with the started. podcast. So the, the format of this podcast, every episode, sitting down with a guest, and we're going to answer a question from the general paper of the All Souls entrance exam. Today's question comes from September 2019. <gasps> a simpler time, some might say. We turned... 18. 18. Oh, oh, that's th- kind of poetic. We didn't. I didn't that's even. Fun. I didn't even put that together. Wow, no. that's so nice. Yeah. Okay. For context, Cherry and I share. A, we don't share, but we, we share, share a week. 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 We, week. We share a week. Our birthdays are four days apart. Yeah. Big sleigh. Big sleigh. Shout out. We in St George's. Were you born in St George's? No, I was born in Kingston upon Thames. Oh, okay. Ew, okay. Maybe I don't want you on my. We're we gonna dox ourselves. <laughs> 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 um. Cherry's address is... (laughs) (laughs) Today's question... Comes from the 2019 paper. Comes from the 2019 paper. Mm -hmm. And the question is, has single sex education had its day? Oh, what a question. What a question. question. Mavish, tell me, why did you pick this question? Because when we were going through them, this one, you're sort of going, oh, oh, yeah, maybe that one. And then I said this one and you went, that one. Why, Why did you pick this one? I think some of the ones Cherry said were a bit naff. I don't know who she thought I was as a person. I didn't know um, how much you wanted to get into politics or if you wanted to like talk about literature or... This thing, I don't want to expose myself as a fake literature student. There are so many books on my shelf that I just haven't read. I've, I've, I've probably read... I feel like that's most literature students. No, you've got some real neeks in this place. Anyway. Wow, <laughs> Hot exposed. Take. Oh my um, God. No, I, I just think it's apt for our friendship for us to do a question like that i Con- think context we went to a single sex school yes um i don't know if we can say the name of I it i say we should i think we should i don't think we should say the and name of it. i'm gonna say a single set an all-girls school in south london and yeah. those who know know if you know you know if you know you know south london is if you know, know the news articles you know <laughs> <laughs> we we went to a single sex school yeah. that's how we met each other you're now at a single sex college no I well medwood's yeah. is it is single sex, but it's not single gender. Hashtag misconception. For context, I go to Murray Edwards College, Cambridge. Yeah. Um, it's just no cis men. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, I like yeah. that. Yeah. What a vibe. It's quite slow. Yeah, no, I thought the question was fun. I think I think single sex schools are valid. Low-key, high-key. Hmm. I think my opinion changed on it from when I was a child to who I am as a person now. And I just think it's conducive to the discussions we're going to have regarding education barriers what do you mean <laughs> you're you're so you're this is my worry with getting you on the podcast is that you're so i can't even think of the word oh don't be oh my god what's oh my god what's the word talks. where it means you know lots of words what word is that it's gone from my head oh, i don't know 
She's not, got a good vocabulary in it. That's it, surely. Oh, eloquent. Eloquent. You're so eloquent. That's I got called eloquent. No, I didn't. No, she... Oh my God, context, Cherry, story time. We are cutting this out. But no, I think it's so valid. Okay, this story time. In in our single sex school, bringing it back to the question, um, in our single sex school, um, me and Mavish were doing like a, a like a one day sort of school project. It was towards yeah. the end of the year in year eight. So we're sort of just doing arts and crafts. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mav- we have to Fun like- Fun the arts. Fun the arts. Woo. Woo. <laughs> um, and like, we had to like make a clock and Mavish wrote the description for our clock and like- Mavish is a very, very eloquent writer. If go and read Mavish's articles on Varsity. Uh, um, this is so Go and read them. They're brilliant Don't articles. Everyone thinks they're brilliant. Don't read them. Carrying on. Um, yeah, basically Mavish wrote a description of this like fun little clock we did and a teacher went, oh, Cherry, did you write that? And we were like, no, Mavish wrote it. And she was like, oh, I'm so surprised Mavish wrote it. And then I was like, actually, Mavish is really eloquent and smart and I'm an idiot. So how dare you say that? Let's actually talk about this. So what okay. what was your experience of being in a single sex school? Can't lie. Kind of slayed. Yeah. Over the course of it, I think it's slayed though. I think I think you don't really see the benefits of it until you've, mm. you're gone and until you're out of that environment. Because I've come here and I don't think I would be as annoying and jarring and outspoken as I am now if I didn't go to a single sex school. Yeah. Not to be like, boys are trash, but I think when you're in that formative time of your life Definitely. where you're like working out your voice, as annoying as that sounds. So you feel like it made you more of an advocate for yourself and more outspoken? Yeah. I would agree. I definitely, our maths teacher in our yearbook who wrote- Who we won't name. Who we won't name wrote. We, I think he was very valid in saying this. He said, name of our school girls. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes right. Sometimes wrong, always certain. Oh, I forgot about that. It, right, and I feel you like were so that, valid for that hikey. R- so valid, and I think feel like that really like describes. That, I feel like that really encapsulates like yeah. I I de- like I. I was I was a self conscious young person, but I and I as were. all young as, <laughs> to be fair as all young people are, but I yeah. do think I wasn't self conscious because there were boys. Like yeah, it would have added a layer of like definitely oh my god i need to perform in a certain way definitely because i think i think everyone at school had some form of identity crisis oh, at of one course, point or another of course of course everyone um, does i think when i think when you're growing up mm. it feels like you're the only one yeah i'm the only one who feels this way i'm the only one who hates myself nah you yeah. you grow up grow up especially i went i went back and as a teaching assistant to the school which is kind of sad um, <laughs> it's not she was so loved by the kids yeah oh, there's I love them. Um yeah, shout out shout out the kids I used to teach. But um, Squad. Uh Squad. Yeah, go like going back as sort of um a prof like an uh, an adult. Yeah. Kind of an adult. I mean I was I was a teenager when I started teaching there. I was nineteen. Yeah. Which looking back I'm like, how who who decided is that allowed, <laughs> is that allowed? who yeah. decided um but going back as um in a professional capacity mm. i you go back and you realize oh every everyone here is miserable every <laughs> like all t- that i think that's part of being a teenager being miserable but the good thing about being in a single sex school is our misery was never because of Boys. men in what was meant yeah. to be our safe space yeah and I, I i do think being in a single sex school definitely meant 
it was there was we we were very much in a bubble. Yeah. Well, speaking about this earlier, that sort of coming out, we've coming out of education, we've mm, going into the real world. The real world. Like we've noticed that what how much of a bubble we were in. What's yeah. your experience coming into? You know, we were in a all girls state school in South London. What's your experience coming? I know you're in a single sex college here, but what's your experience coming to Cambridge, where a lot of people here are grammar school and private school? Do you know the percentage? Fuck's sake, don't put me on the spot like that. I thought you might know the percentage. I think, no one quote me on this, because I will be very easily disproven by one Google search, but I think it's like 60 to 7% like um, state school. Right. But I don't think the stats distinguish state comp and state grammar. Interesting. The context of our school was a state comp. Um, yes. With academy status. <laughs> no one knew what that meant. That just meant we stole funding. I still don't know what academy means. I mean, I don't think it means anything. Okay. It's a, it's a quirky thing for Wikipedia. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, what's your experience sort of coming to Cambridge where there are so many people from... Different backgrounds. Different backgrounds, but I mean private and grammar backgrounds yeah and also male backgrounds how scary also white people for context i'm brown because we haven't said that on the podcast yet i'm gonna say something that maybe is um isn't woke your name is mavish malik i think people would be surprised if someone with the last name malik was white you never know you never know maybe you married into it i could have i could have had a brown dad and a white mum but then you don't know my life we're getting onto a separate conversation (laughs) this is what i love doing i hate you maybe i shouldn't have invited you on here um keep the white narrative up yeah yes 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 yes. um i in fairness the majority of my friendship group is white but i think that was the same at school as well the only difference at school was that the broader community was very ethnic yeah big sleigh culture days at you just said the name, so I'm gonna have to bleep that. Oh, for fuck's um, sake. <laughs> we, had, we had a culture day after yeah. after we left while oh. I was working there. We had a culture day. It was live. It was so good. It was it's so, so joyous. Good. It was really joyous. I I wore I wore red, white, and blue. Oh, for fuck's sake! It was very like I had Absolute like a white. I had a white. I had a white top on, a red jumper, and blue jeans. And Miss and everyone, all the students were like, "Miss, where's your culture dress?" And I was like, "This is it." I'm babe. just. I'm just. Just British, I'm sorry. British. British. I think coming to a place like this, you realise they're like rich people in your school. They were I'm not gonna say they weren't that rich, but there's a new level of richness and world of the elite that's unlocked in the sense of there were people in our school who had sort of second homes, cleaners, really well paying jobs. But here it's like, there's a culture behind it for a lot of people. Mm. You know, you see people who have estates, who sort of rub shoulders with the government, who have that sort of, they've grown up in a very different world. It's not just like a, oh, we don't go to different schools. It's like a a lifestyle thing for them. Have there been any moments, um, even like, lectures or seminars or like out socially where you've sort of really felt that like that tension between kind of more upper class backgrounds that you would find at such an like an institution like Cambridge 
what I have found is like it's a lot harder to entertain conversations like that I found I just don't think I really have the vocabulary or the sort of um even the capacity to imagine levels of rich that people are Mm. and that sort of detaches me from conversations sometimes whereby it's like I can't relate to any of this first off that's kind of clear but also in the sense of like you sort of deal with a simultaneous shock of like oh my god people really live like this it's not a funny joke you know we take the piss out of posh people we put on a funny accent we're like ah wankers whatever yeah when people actually talk like that or like you realize that some of your peers not everyone came from a state comp background and you're like oh fuck it's a bit of a faux pas to be like oh yeah back in school and it was like this and it's like no I I boarded or I went to private school or I went to grammar school it's like oh those differences are a lot more present than I think I thought they yeah. were you can't do you feel like you can't some some of your peers here you feel like you can't quite relate to them and I don't yeah. mean specifically like here in this college just in yeah, yeah yeah Cambridge in general yeah I think I get back to the sort of like cultural side of it whereby people live in a certain way they operate in very specific circles and those circles include like private members clubs or sort of these fancy dinners or I don't know fucking drinking wine with some poshos from the government like yeah I think we joke about that sort of stuff being at Oxbridge but then seeing the reality of it and being like oh my god no this is very much yeah present it's like oh fuck so it's real you were sort of saying before that being in a single sex school helped you advocate Mm -hmm. yourself do you feel when you find yourself in these spaces do you kind of can you feel like the fuck background? I can't advocate now. <laughs> no, I think I think because I think the levels of advocacy, advocacy even that we're talking here is like, you know, I'm willing to argue against something in like a supervision when we're talking about my essay, yeah. or like I can ask for help if I need it um, because we've sort of grown up in an environment where that was quite welcome and almost encouraged. Yeah, um, but I think it doesn't. I'm not not saying it doesn't necessarily help, but it doesn't do the work that's necessary. It it doesn't sort of confer this sort of social cultural capital with it that you know you think you might actually. I'm not going to say social cultural capital because my lovely RS teacher, shout out, whose name I can't say, would always talk about cultural mobility rather than capital. Nice. Um, I feel like if we're being nice about people, we're allowed to say that. I actually don't know consent do you want to say initial or do you want to just say my rs teacher and and, and she'll know if you know you know if you know you know and that's so true don't get gas cherry thinking she's gonna listen to this but she might i thought you might send it to her i don't know i don't know i don't know what relationship you have with her to be fair i see Um, her in in, in, her in our local area frequently to be fair um but yeah so she'd speak about this idea of social and cultural mobility rather than capital Mm. Because I think capital inheres within it a very specific cultural canon that's easily sort of, not easily transferable, but like inherited in a very specific manner yeah. and then transfers you into those specific circles. Um, but I think her term of mobility is a bit more, I think it speaks to what it does a bit more accurately. Yeah, It lets you move around those circles. It lets you navigate that space whereby 
you know, you might fit in, you might not. Mm. Um, but you've got these sort of resources that you're able to call upon. Yeah. Um, to help navigate that. Yeah. I think doing English, there's a very specific canon that also Cambridge likes to teach. Yes. Um, so for for context, the part the, the first two years of the degree, it's period based. So you do a medieval paper, you do a Renaissance paper, you right. do um, an eighteenth century paper, and you do a modern paper. Okay. Depending on your college, depending on your um, supervisors, you're able to have some sort of flexibility with that. Mm. But there are sort of writers you need to know. You do a Shakespeare term for fuck's sake, like it is fairly prescribed. And only in your third year are you able to sort of choose. Quite sort of traditional. From an, As an outsider, it's sort of like when people speak about English literature, mm-hmm. I feel like this is the, the sim- syllabus. The English literature. The English literature. Yeah. It's very much canon with capital C. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It is a stereotype. I wonder how true it is mm-hmm. um, that in mixed schools all are the male students is it is it is it infringing on the, the, i'm getting it i'm getting very much into like generalizations and stereotypes <laughs> so i'm like trying to be careful um but there's this sort of stereotype that in a in a mixed school it's the boys who sort of get in the way the boys are the disruptive ones i mean remember in primary school there was always sort of like the rowdy boys and you'd put them next to the quiet girls um so I wonder how true that is and how I don't know what I'm trying to get at here but in the context of university or do you think just in general well I th- I, I wonder like if still in a school I setting. wonder if not being uh not being in an environment with the rowdy boys mm-hmm. um how that affected me and how that how like how that affected like go like how that affect your you coming out of a single sex school not being with rowdy boys or disruptive boys because that is sort of the stereotype mm-hmm. um this makes me laugh because it makes me think back to the same math teacher um me and Sherry were in the same math class oh yeah we were um whereby I was the rowdy boy because I remember getting moved from the front row where I was chatting to all my friends and got moved to the back row next to the quiet girl. Shout out to Asma, my G. Oh, shout out. Shout out. She's so, she's, miss her. Gorge. Um, I think those dynamics are still at play, mm. but I think it's less damage. Oh, I say that. Sorry, Asma, for any trauma. <laughs> <laughs> um, do, do you think it's true that boys are louder and more disruptive and they're allowed to get away with more? I think there's a confidence. Mm. I think here people talk about like the private school boy confidence, but I think there is a general accepted confidence in boys anyway. Yeah. And that the the extent to which, obviously, yeah, being in a single sex college and with teaching mostly being college based, I haven't sort of had much with boys until this year. Um, but what's been present throughout is the fact that boys write more assertively and don't sort of um, caveat what they say with all these sort of tentative phrases of like perhaps and this suggests and maybe Mm. whereas um, you know I've read examiner's reports 
she does her revision. Oh, hey. Whoa. Um, whereby it says like there is. First. I can smell it. There. I can smell the first cherry with love, babes. It's very hard to get a first here. I can thought. I can smell the two one. Is that the next one? Yeah. Okay. We're hoping for two one. I'll say that. Anyway, I believe that you can get first. So, sorry to interrupt you. With your naivety. My naivety. Um. No, I think. Yeah. So the examiner's reports often discuss the attainment gap um mm. between boys and girls, and often attribute it to that confidence with which boys just inherently write with. Um, yeah. So I think you know whilst. I've not really witnessed firsthand the like rowdy boy stereotype. I think it converts into a more, I don't want to say insidious, a more covert form yeah. of that confidence that facilitates that kind of rowdiness yeah. in schools. So here it's a, it's a matter of written down mm. um, confidence and like faith in your own ideas. Whereas I don't, I don't think that's as encouraged in girls or that's not allowed to develop as much. Mm-hmm. Um, in girls yeah I know you just said that females check, females, females tech, uh, tend to caveat themselves more um, so I'm very sorry I'm going to caveat mm-hmm. um, do you think there are any downsides to being in single sex spaces for um, for that for such a long period of time I mean we were there from year 7 to 6 forms so that's 7 yeah. years Seven years. years. The, for context as well, there were boys in our sixth form. But in our true. year, they were well, all of ten. They're ten boys. I don't think I had... I had no boys in my... In sixth form, I didn't have any boys. I had one boy in my history class for a week, and then he switched classes. Yeah. Oh, actually, you know what? No, English. Um, I had... Yeah. Oh, uh, shout out. Yeah. Shout out to the one boy in Cherry's English class. He was very lovely and very You're sweet. so valid. But also, he was very quiet. Yeah, he wasn't. He subverted the narrative. Subverted the narrative. Always exceptions to the Such rule. Such feminist. <laughs> Such feminist. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you do you think there are any downsides to being in single sex spaces for such a long period of time at at you know a sort of age where you're finding yourself? I think there's a definite culture shock mm. that comes because you've not really interacted with boys for your sort of formative years. I've definitely felt that. But to be honest, like I wasn't. I think, oh, to be fair, my college situation didn't make it as... Cher- I don't I'm know trying to tell doing. you to tilt it. It's Just tilt. tilted. There we go, that's oh, better. There we go. Yeah. Fuck's sake, you're such a mansplainer. Anyway. Thank you. Um, coming into a single sex college, it didn't really mean that I sort of escaped that environment initially. Because mm. I think also, for context as well, I started uni during COVID. So, so true. All sort of forms of social contact were limited anyway it's not even like I had lectures with people it was all very much um quite isolated but it did mean I became besties with everyone on my floor shout out to the wives yes and also shout out to your varsity article your varsity (laughs) article which um explores coming to university in lockdown and making friends with your and the different social experience go and read it it's lovely Um, it's about food it's about food um also hire me to write about food I'll do it. Do it, please. Love Someone, food. please hire Mavis. She is amazing, hi. and I, I want to read more of your stuff. Anyway, give me a reason to write it. Anyone's is this? Wow, thing. Whoa. wow, Whoa. not working for free. I see. Do you know what I mean? 
You're better than not, me. You're not fucking working doing this for free, mate. Wow. I can tell you that. I've got to buy you lunch, God damn Yeah, it. you do. I'm so annoyed that I said I would. <laughs> Let's get back I on. I think it's the fact that I didn't reply initially. And yeah. then you were like, 10 minutes later, I'll buy you lunch. Yeah. I had, in my mind, agreed to it. I, should, I know. I should be asked to I know. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, like, I... What I do think, though, is that, you know, my core group of friends at uni is girls. Yeah. Love the wives. Um, but beyond that, we do have our network of our friends who are boys. Mm. But I do think we've able to develop friendships yeah. um, with the male species, as disgusting as that sounds. Um, but I do think that that is impacted. Like it's it's been a it's been a soft launch, of befriending them. Do you know what I mean? Wow. Because. I think when you're in that single sex environment for so long, you're a bit like, I don't know how to talk to anyone who isn't a girl. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I do, I think that comes with its own benefits as well. Yeah. Like there's a, not to be really like white girl feminism, but there is that like sense of like solidarity in- and comfort that you feel around women. Yeah. I that, that sense of solidarity and that sense of justice. Yeah. I think like, I, I like I remember like seeing teachers treat certain girls unfair and like everyone rallying and being like no sir what are you doing what are you doing very much that like um and also like not being afraid to like shout I'm on my period who's got a pad oh my god and people literally coming out with like okay we have the maxi we have I've the super night. soaked I've got the super long I've yeah got a liner and it was never that was never weird I think there was something yeah really lovely about like there definitely was less shame about bodies. Yeah. Again, of course there is shame about bodies. Of, of course. course, like that is in in today's society. 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 We do live in a society, and it is inescapable to yeah. not hate yourself. Yeah. On on you know every um point on the gender spectrum, you're gonna yeah. hate your body. Um. But there. Yeah, there definitely felt like less shame. And I remember I remember sort of like first week of year seven being in the changing rooms for PE and like hiding in the corner and being so scared that if yeah. you looked around, someone was going to call you gay. Um, but then like you get to like a few years in, no one it's cared. So Everyone, people be walking around with their bras, no bras. Yeah. It it like, there you'd feel a certain comfort about being surrounded by the same body. Yeah. And that is very, you know, I'm sort of diving into kind of very uh, binary uh, feminism there. But, you know, it was a single sex space. Um, I think as well the fact you say the same body. I'm going to refute you on that. And I'm going to advocate. Go ahead. For the fact that there were different bodies. True. But I think that helped in, you know, affirming the idea that we don't all have to look the same. We don't have to all have the same body yes. type. Body expectations aren't real. Like, it's all very superficial, yeah. the way we think we need to look. I think being mm. surrounded by such diversity in how we all looked mm. was helpful in a way. To be to be honest, though, this is me going against uh, advocating for Ooh. our all-girls school. Beef. Like, I remember in my first year mm-hmm. um, in PE, they weighed us. Do you remember this? Yeah, that was bad. And I remember everyone sharing, how much do you weigh? How much do you weigh? And I was the second heaviest in the class. Um, 
and I hated myself. Being surrounded by people to compare myself with. Mm. Um, and I, I went home, cried to my mum about it. And I found out years later that she actually called up the school and spoke to the principal and said, like, this is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, Why are you doing this? Shout out, shout out, Jesse. Um, I don't think they did anything about it, though. And look, no, because we had to do it again in year nine. Yeah. And I look back and I go, how fucked up is that? Yeah. Um, I do. I, th- I think there is a stereotype about, like, all girls schools where it's like, their eating disorders are worse. And I don't I don't know if that is true, but I definitely think they're. I don't know. Maybe if I was in a mixed school and we did the same thing, maybe I would hate myself in equal measure. But I wonder if being surrounded by um, only only other girls kind of made me self-conscious. Yeah. Um, Let's get into some of the sort of other negatives. um, In a society society where very slowly we are moving past sort of the gender binary, Mm -hmm. very slowly very slowly and in fact so do you want to say very slowly one more time very slowly and yep. in fact there's so much fucking pushback that i don't want to dive too deeply in today because that's not really the topic of conversation but she did do a very long run in brunch i did i did i'm very God, I'm, cumbersome do you think <laughs> that trans and non-binary rights are cumbersome then yeah i do actually wow disclaimer i don't please stop hire me <laughs> cancel her cancel her cancel her um <laughs> the bloody wokies oh my god you know what maybe maybe if you just maybe that's switch, my audience yeah maybe you need <laughs> to switch over to gb news um okay i'm joking get to the point we have lunch to have. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um do you think that there is do you think that in a world where we are very slowly moving past gender that single sex spaces are a thing that can exist like can can single sex spaces exist alongside um sort of this new wave of gender theory i'm gonna say i'm trying to find a way to Mm -hmm. um that's me trying to uh be eloquent and phrase myself in a way that isn't just us having a bitch say it in a cherry way say in a cherry way is well i I feel like i've said it is is there space for single sex spaces Mm -hmm. in a world that is slowly becoming more accepting of the fact that gender isn't binary i think there would have to be mass overhaul for us to be able to think that because as we were saying at brunch if you don't know we went for brunch um we are going i think rather than going slowly fuck's sake Mavish keeps Ru- Mavish keeps moving away from the mic. And I, Sorry, and I I'm said, animated. I said to her. Sorry, I have a personality. I said to her beforehand, like you can't move too much. You can't move around it's too and much. I you moved. have to keep. Yeah, you keep moving. And I'm really sorry. Please carry on. Why can't we have Beyonce mics? <sighs> Fuck's sake, level up. Anyway, um, as we were saying, it's almost we're almost going backwards rather than just progressing slowly. So I think if that continues, I think it's just going to be harder and harder to sort of conceptualize. Yeah this sort of accepting yeah nature of that kind of space i think we had people in our school who didn't conform to the gender binary yeah. and they got taken the piss out of to be honest yeah i think something i was really surprised with going back to i was about to say say the name of the school uh, going back to the school, our school. <laughs> going back to our school as um a teacher i came in um december 2020 um I was really surprised by like how many more out kids there were. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and I do think we were lucky that our school had a lot of um teachers advocating for the queer students um that being said wasn't perfect definitely was bullying um definitely was resentment Mm -hmm. um I think there was a little bit of resentment um from like why why are the queer kids getting getting advocated for why aren't we getting advocated for what for um you know our other i'm gonna drop a hot take in a minute go ahead go on go and drop you drop your hot take i do see that side of things because race race um i think whilst our school was in a very um ethnic area Mm. the senior leadership wasn't as diverse as it should have been it wasn't as representative of the student body and i think whilst we can say that you know queer kids were able to have a fair few figures of authority who saw them recognize them could actually empathize with their experiences i think we were really struggling on the race front i i would absolutely agree um i do think there has been issues whereby there's been a forum to raise things and you know schools plural including our school in the wake of sort of some recent contemporary not really recent as in the last few years um issues have come up and there's been this sort of drive and motivation to talk about these things and deal with them and confront them but when they get a bit too real there's this desire to sort of put an end to that and sort of sweep it under the rug Mm. and say actually it's not as bad and actually, you know what, it's fine, we don't need to talk about this anymore, or it's not a worthwhile project to continue with. Is it sort of what aboutisms? Well, you know, we can't really well, we can't really we can't say for definite or we can't yeah. And there's just this sort of I think institutions are gonna be institutions at the end of the day. And um. as much as you want to understand the people you're there to support and nurture and in a way raise you do come up against these problems where you have to look at yourself and think am I doing it for them or am I doing it for the institution and I think to be honest it is no matter how much you care for the kids it is always going to come back to the fact that I need to protect myself at this institution and I can't really jeopardize my position too much by listening to the very real realities that some of the students face I mean if they were fully to listen it would be to put themselves at risk right because then they would have to admit i've had some serious I'm shortcomings complicit in that. i'm complicit uh, you know at, at best complicit at worst Enabling? perpetrating perpetrating sure. yeah i think we, we we've witnessed a lot yeah of that across the board that's one of the things that i think was part and parcel of a single sex school we spoke about advocacy before mm. and everyone being really sort of confident with their opinions i think we were a very politically engaged school. Yeah. Students were fucking passionate about that yeah. shit. I remember we went into our local polling station, which was only sort of two minutes from the back of school, and went in and yelled, vote Labour, before yeah. the, the general election in, like, 2016. We were, what, 15 at that point? Yeah. And like, I think whilst, you know, I will say this, in retrospect, we all didn't have a very secure grasp on politics no. at the time, but I don't think that was also something to be sort of suppressed and put down. No. Um, it was uh, us having political opinions was very much encouraged yeah um to be fair though depending on the teacher 
that's another Depending. thing. It I wasn't think, I think we, we're in a lot of the same classes and yeah. I think we were quite lucky that we had teachers that, yeah. re- that that they would always go, I'm not allowed to agree with you, but I encourage you to carry on talking about it. Yeah. Um, we, we had an assignment one time in, I think again, around 2016, um, where we had to write about the general election. Yeah. And it was like, uh, it might have been encouraging voting or something. I think it was, yeah, about... I think it was about young people voting, whether, yeah. whether, whether we thought that young people should vote. Yeah. Um, do, do you think that um, engagement in politics would have been as uh, nurtured in a mixed school? Or do you think it doesn't matter? This is not a stereotype. Not but a, I do think... I, th- I, I feel like... We're, we're too far in the episode to be saying this, but like, I feel like part of this conversation is we're just going to have to make generalizations. It's talking about. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. It's talking about single sex spaces. It's talking about dividing. Yeah. Um, you know, dividing up the country. Yeah. And this is um, all quite anecdotal anyway. So, yeah, it's all, yeah. Absolutely. Um, go for it. We want anecdotes. Like, I think. I think the nature of a lot of students in our school being women, well, mm-hmm. being girls to be fair at the time um often from ethnic backgrounds yeah often from working class yeah backgrounds yeah i think there are a lot of issues that affected us firsthand so i think that you can't necessitated an engagement in politics but i think it's a lot more difficult to have that conversation with boys how can you tell boys to care about women's rights especially at an age where they love Mm. being contrarians everyone loves being contrarian at some point of their life everyone wants to be the devil's advocate but that is a lot more heavily facilitated in mixed schools, yeah. I'd say. You're able to entertain, oh, boys will be boys, oh, devil's advocate, all of that sort of stuff. Mm. I wonder if we would have been shouted down a lot more as well. Yeah. I um, I have a cousin, my youngest cousin, who's very politically engaged. Shout out, shout out, Ruby, love you, Babs. Um, and she, uh, she's very politically engaged, very, very loud about it in school. She goes to a mixed school. She's in sixth form at the moment. Um, she gets called trousers. Like, like the boys will see her coming. Oh, fuck! Here comes trousers. About to like shove her feminist opinion down her throat. Like, and we sort of had a laugh about it. But um, I noticed my grandmother really being like, "Oh, that is just disgusting." Um, and I think she had a very different reaction. My reaction was to laugh and go, "God, isn't that fucking ridiculous?" Yeah. Because to be fair, I've never particularly experience that at least not in school yeah. i never experienced getting shouted down by a man at school yeah um so i like you know, i i think being in a single sex school i was allowed to express my opinions yeah. i was allowed to debate i one of the things i loved about being a redacted um <laughs> is that we we were really encouraged to debate conversation was encouraged yeah conversation was yeah. encouraged debate was encouraged and like by nature of being a single sex space we were able to get beyond it was a level playing field yeah and we weren't like the conversation got beyond just shouting down or just taking the piss which i think is a lot more prevalent in yeah. mixed sex schools because it's you either get shut down yeah or you get ridiculed and at that point you know you might feel embarrassed to continue you might just feel like you can't be asked to continue but i think by nature of our school being very politically engaged very opinionated yes i think you we were able to get beyond that initial point that i think i think the teachers didn't even anticipate a lot of the time Mm. i didn't i don't think they saw us having views as strong as we did um we weren't radicals i'll say that now 
looking back, I thought I was the most leftist person. I thought, as a little sixteen-year-old, I was like, and now, Tax now you bitch. Now I am a you yeah. You I, really I would. Lefty. I thought I was really lefty, and like looking back, I'm like, I was pretty centrist, and now I'm. I am very far right. Very, very, very far right. Hate women. Um, you know. Uh, no, I am. I think I'm very left. Very, yeah. very left leaning, and I think you are as well. Um, and I think you know. I feel like maybe if we hadn't had been in mixed space, maybe we wouldn't be so left leaning, or maybe we wouldn't be so vocal about it. I, I, I think it'd be the case whereby. We just wouldn't have had these discussions yeah. in school. Yeah. Th- not to be like, oh my God, school's brainwashing, blah, blah, blah. But I think the nature of our school being very encouraging towards discussions, mm-hmm. at least to a certain point, um, yeah. let people develop views, whatever they were. Very much. Um, and through that, by consequence, develop a sense of self and identity mm-hmm. that was politically engaged and yes. sort of cared about issues that affected them. Yeah. Um, which I think then facilitated the ability to advocate for ourselves which is really helpful yeah this conversation is very very much anecdotal and very much talking about our own experience being in a girls school what we haven't really talked about is all boys schools and i'm I'm, all boys um, schools eaten what are the ops (laughs) i mean that's kind of what i was gonna ask like being from cambridge many of these sort of elite grammar schools and private schools eton i don't know the names of any others um harrow oh Manchester. yeah i do okay i do know the Westminster. names of others yeah any this more thing, you i list? only know these because i go here right <laughs> um do you like how do you feel about those schools those all those single sex schools i think they this is the thing i think there's more single sex state comps or even state grammars than there are boys equivalents right i think a lot of the boys the boy single sex boy schools are primarily private i'd say yeah with some grammar so i think it i think they cultivate the same thing essentially the sense of advocacy Mm. and opinions and all that sort of stuff however it's a different political leaning yeah for the most part i'd say to be to be fair it's also like I think just by the way our society works, there is there is that boys will be boys attitude. I do yeah. think boys generally, again, we're making very, very sweeping generalizations. No one cancel us for this, please. Please, please. Imagine if we get cancelled the first episode. Fuck's sake. Um you know, it's that attitude is sort of Yeah. It would be extreme to say encouraged, but I won't rule that out. I wonder if all the sort but of it's not challenged. The toxic things that come with traditional masculinity get exacerbated well we we had i i don't know how common this is we have sort of we had the local boys school just like 10 minutes away we had so we there's no real crossover this is the thing there's no crossover none there was less of a culture of like the boys school and the girls school yeah we just both existed i wonder how typical that is I think it might be atypical for us to be fair. Yeah. I think I think maybe Lon- um, I think maybe London's just a bit different in that sense. Yeah. Uh we're so different we're from London. Uh, oh my God. Um but like I do think there's less challenge to those opinions often problematic that can come out of those sorts of spaces. Yeah. And I think there's a greater duty of care and responsibility on the teachers 
to sort of regulate that behavior but at the same time are they are they doing that are they taking up the mantle is that the phrase taking up the mantle i don't fucking know i should know but i don't call into the show and tell me if i've got that phrase ring right ring 07 <laughs> no no you can't put my i'll just edit it out if hypotheticals we're getting hypothetical. into hypotheticals oh, go, okay go on um in 10 years mm-hmm. 20 years however long you want mm-hmm. uh you have two children a boy and a girl <gasps> Ooh. would you send them to single sex schools Sake. I should have seen this question coming. Oh, have I thrown a curveball at you? You actually have. I actually have. Damn. I'm surprised. Wow. Um, this is the thing. I'm of the mind of like I'd want to send the girl to a girl's school. Wouldn't to be honest, would you want to send the boy to a boy's school? This is the thing. Don't think you would. But others, I, to be fair, I think I'd rather send him to a mixed school. But raise him to be an ally, because I I think rather than have him, I I didn't I I wasn't assuming you'd be raising an incel. If to be fair, but like no, but in the sense of like, how much can I do mm. versus how much of his like behavior and perception and sort of um, attitudes towards others yeah. is going to be shaped by the environment he's in? Yeah, because they do like kids do spend more like. I don't know, actually, I don't know percentages, but, like, they spend a, a significant enough time at school yeah. away from home to be able to become God knows what. Yeah. Um, And so it's, like, I'd rather he just not be an arsehole yeah, and go to right, next school. Not, I mean, we both have older brothers. We do, we do, we do, we do. Faisal went to... Shout out. Shout out. Big ups. ups. <laughs> <laughs> it was his birthday today. Happy birthday. Yeah. Oh my god, happy birthday, Faisal. Yeah. Um, have you sent him a text? I have, I have. Aw. Well. I was going to send him a cat picture, but I've sent him all the cat pictures I have. Oh, boo. Yeah. Um, boo. Boo. Yeah. Um, my brother, Oscar, also shout out, went Big to... Ups. An blah, blah. Big ups. Blah, Is blah, his blah. birthday not soon? Yeah. Such gone. 12th of April. Oh, uh, April. Yeah. Um... Yeah, we both have older brothers you who do. both went to mixed schools. Am I right? No. Oh, really? What? Actually, wait. Where did Faisal go? Oh, no, it's mixed. Oh, okay. Oh, whoops. So you went to a mixed school? Yeah. Is your brother an arsehole? No. But I do think, not to be like, oh my God, women do so much labour, I think he would have been a worse person had he not have a, had a sister. Do you think the same about Oscar? I think I don't know. That's really hard because mm. I've. I, re- I really I think you're back. closer in age. You are closer in age, objectively. Yeah. <laughs> me subjectively, me and Oscar. In subjectively, my in, he's fifty. <laughs> in my opinion, Oscar is a child. No, he's not. Um, I I really look up to my brother. Um, Aww, he's so a, do I, to be fair. He's a really not big your brother, ro- my brother. <laughs> <laughs> he's a really Shout big. Out. He's a really big role model to me. Yeah. But, and I think he was always. He's always been very caring towards me mm. and he's always been very much like protective of me mm. um and from i wouldn't know because i was a baby mm-hmm. uh and or not born um and, and or and or not born the sort of anecdotes i get from my parents and my grandparents mm. is um you know when you were born oscar was so caring and so um and how the tables turn tabled 
How, how hazy guts. <laughs> but you know what, mate? Josie so thought you were dead this morning. Oh my god! Yeah, I didn't tell him what I was doing, and he sent me a text being like, "Where are you? Did you get home last night?" Because I left very early in the morning. Um, Five forty, to be precise. Yeah, maybe maybe he wouldn't be as much of a feminist. But this thing, I think I've cultivated emotional intelligence in my brother. Mm. I think, I think he's, he wasn't bad without my influence but i think he's a bit more i'd be sensitive and receptive to the world sure as an individual do you know what i mean i mean i'd be it's so hard to say and i I feel bad talking about him when he's not here because i know he's not i i know oscar's gonna be listening hi oscar (laughs) um yeah maybe i'd i'd be very very surprised if he turned out to be like like um what's what's the what's the fem when meninist Oh, that was such an outdated thing. Yeah, it's that very, was, it's very, like it's very 2016. Years ago, yeah. He he wouldn't be like a men's rights activist. No. I'd be very surprised if he was like hard right on GB yeah. News. Um, he was, he you know, you know, I come from a very sort of left leaning socialist family, yeah. so I'm sure he would, he'd be the same. I'd be, yeah. I'd be very surprised. But maybe having a sister has made him more sympathetic. Mm. Oscar, call into the show and let me know when you listen <laughs> to this. And maybe that's true of mixed schools. Does. You know, I don't know if this ever this was your experience in primary school. I was always used as like a behavior buffer. Our teachers would consistently put me next to like the loud, rowdy boys because they were like cherry is quiet and well behaved. Um, stick a neck to the stick a next to the rowdy boys because that will make uh, them behave better. I don't Not know to how you pick me, but that wasn't me. I again, I was the rowdy boy. You were the rowdy boy. I like to be like to have competitions. I competed with my friend Ben. Shout was, out to Ben. I, I haven't seen an- you in years. I was too anxious to misbehave. I think I just had untreated ADHD. Right. Um, I was insistent upon being the fastest girl in year six. It's like I, I think I. You weren't like those other girls. I wasn't like other girls. I yeah, I I was. I needed a behaviour buffer. Yeah. More than anything. But I know to be fair, I, I was I was more quiet than I was in secondary school. Yeah. In primary school. Um yeah, but I don't think mouth. I think our school was fairly evenly split. There was only one class. Oh wow. So yeah, they only expanded small, after I left. Small primary school. Yeah. Wow. Um Yeah. No, we it was like it was time. it wasn't as big to 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 sort of need that I'd say. Okay. Well, I mean, I think there's somewhat of a trend in teachers. And I've mm. actually, funnily enough, I've seen a lot on TikTok about it. I hate to bring up TikTok in the first episode. I want oh. to shoot myself. But we love TikTok nonetheless. We know, we love TikTok nonetheless. Love it. It's like a toxic lover. <laughs> oh God, I want to vomit. Um, I've seen a lot about like girls being used as behavior buffers. And very often I would be put next to boys to make them behave better. I don't know if that ever actually worked. Um, and it made me fucking miserable because I'd be sat next to these boys who would like be loud and want me concentrate and they'd sort of pick on me a little bit. But I wonder if mixed schools kind of are large behaviour buffers for the male population where it's like, or, or does it teach boys to not to not be so loud with their, um, what's the word, prejudices and hot takes um, that women don't deserve the vote what by being sat next to yeah or i i, mm, I wonder i wonder i from, disagree we've been talking a lot about uh like all girls schools yeah i wonder how um an all boys school slash mixed education would affect ha- affects men Maybe buffers yeah i like mm. does it similar to us saying does having sisters 
has having little sisters made our older brothers better mm-hmm. does being in mixed schools make boys better or does it teach I them think, to hide it i think it's the behavior buffers mm. great phrase um it's a good one i think that does just sort of plant the seeds of the idea that women are there to regulate men's mm. behaviors um in the sense of like rather than working with boys specifically and sort of correcting that behavior and teaching them what's what not in like an authoritarian way but in like a rather than using other people to help fix those behaviors because then you see that kind of dynamic perpetuated in the future in friendships and relationships in like the workplace like women have to take on the responsibility of being the fixers the sort of managers the babysitters um so to speak Mm. and so i don't think it curates that same sort of sensitivity that i think we're talking about with having younger sisters i think Mm. it i think it sort of detracts from the problem and sort of what's what i can't remember the phrase where it's like you sort of of hide the problem rather than like sort of dealing with it yeah Um, it's it's teaching boys that girls are there to um sort of facilitate and maintain their behavior maybe yeah but at the same time i don't think I think that dynamics replicated in all boys' schools. This is purely hypothetical now because obviously we don't have experience of that. No. But um, in the sense of like, you'd still sort of see, in my mind at least, the rowdier boys being sat next to the quieter boys. Mm. Like, I think it's more of a outspoken juxtaposed with the quiet people. Mm. And that in a mixed school is often the boys and the girls in a single sex school for boys i think that's probably just yeah the rowdy ones and the quiet rowdy ones. ones and the quiet ones similar yeah. to being in an all-girls school yeah that, that's that's me and asthma yeah Do you know what i mean we've had a very roundabout conversation about education so i'm gonna ask for your thesis statement has single sex education had its day what's your thesis statement that was a disgusting pronunciation for me and we're that gonna was go actually by, going past um, it tell me my thesis statement would be i don't think they've had their day to be honest i'm quite pro actually i think we need to recognize it for its merits and not stigmatize them so much um but also recognize that the issues that they come up against and the issues that they can perpetuate require a broader restructuring and reworking but isn't that to be fair that's the same for a lot of things realistically that's a very general statement i i think you know every every adjective education would be it'd be great to sort of overhaul it and reform it um thank you very much for sitting the all souls entrance exam in this version of all souls everyone gets in mavish i am so i am so glad to welcome you to podcast all souls alternate reality all souls i haven't quite settled on the name yet so you have seven years of oh, funding fuck. you have th- free board you get a salary you get access to study any subject at oxford of your choosing and you get contacts with leading professionals and scholars in your field so basically no financial barriers anymore virtually limitless open doors if you had seven years to just sort of learn and discover what would you do order a fuck ton of Uberies. Mm-hmm. I kid, I kid. I think I'd like to travel with that money. I Ooh. think 
at least one of the limitations that I felt regarding education, regarding university, blah, 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 has been, it's all been very rooted here in England, in Cambridge. And I think I would like to break beyond the bounds of that. Mm. Go to other countries. Look at their cultural scene. Yeah. I love me a cultural scene. Yeah. You know what I do? I'd look at food. You'd look at food. Uber Eats was, was a jest, but I think I'd like to look at how the cultural significance of food in different communities um, and the role it plays in society and use that as a reason to travel basically everywhere for mm. seven years. You kind of touched on it already with sort of like talking about teachers in the past who mm. have taken you less seriously because of your race. You've spoken about you know, not having their financial means to travel as much as mm-hmm. some of your peers here at Cambridge. What what sort of barriers do you feel like you face to education and discovery? Economic. Economic. I think also, to be fair, I, I know this is a very privileged thing to say, having yeah. nearly completed now a Cambridge education, which, yeah. you know, is very sought after. I think there are limits within that. Yeah. Um, I think there's financial barriers that don't go away when mm-hmm. you come to an institution such as this because of the collegiate system. Um, you know, some people are able to get more money out of their college than others. Um, and that does perpetuate a very unfair system. Mm. Um, so I'd say that. But also the very fact that we discussed earlier about the sort of Cambridge canon, not yeah. just of literature, but the fact that there's a very prescribed set of things that yeah. is deemed right to study. Yeah. Um, and sort of appropriate to study and sort of necessary to have the sort of cultural mobility we spoke about earlier. Um, so I think the canon has been a barrier I'd yeah. say I, I remember even in preparation for my like entrance exam and interview for her our ex-English teacher <laughs> gave me a set of about 40 books that she said I should read before applying or before sitting anything I needed to to did apply you, did you read any of them absolutely not and I still got in whoa but I think do you see what I mean the in the fact that the canon goes before you even apply mm. to somewhere like her um I'm go on i mean you very almost didn't study here oh yeah we oh i didn't get in first con- time con- well context context we never sat our a-level exams because we were meant to sit them in 2020 and i don't know if you guys know this but there was a pandemic did there you know this i it's, it's, hadn't a clue right so all of our exams got cancelled and our grades were given to us by our teachers and i mean just first off, teachers giving you your grades. Sadly, Sassy. sadly, there's going to be um, a lot of bias in that. Going to be a lot of bias in that, mm-hmm. um, and every prejudice, you know, on the planet, conscious is or come, subconscious, conscious well. or co- subconscious, is going to come into that. Whether or not, you know, even if teachers try their darndest, I don't. I'm, I've never said that before, and I don't know why I said it. Now. I feel like you said it before. I don't think Carry I have. on. Anyway, um, even if teachers trying their hardest, like it's it's still going to come up. Yeah. Um, but our both of our grades got downgraded. Downgraded by because, the algorithm because of the big old scary government algorithm. And part of the algorithm was if you went, to, if you lived in a lower um, income area, mm-hmm. if you went to a state school, they looked at your background, and that affected what your grade was. So I background mean, of the school as well. Background of the school, school school's attainment history as well. Yeah. So what, 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 what did what did the algorithm give you, and what did you actually get? And I mean, get what were you given? What by was the I teachers? given? Well, I, I didn't deserve those grades. No, um, you're a fraud. The algorithm mm. gave me three A stars. No, that no, it didn't. That's no, just a complete didn't. lie. That's an the algorithm gave me three A's. 
but my teachers how god that, bless gave me three a stars oh very shout nice. out but but because of your background mm-hmm. because of the school's background because mm-hmm. of where you lived you almost weren't able to come here yeah i mean so every now and then i think back to that and i go how insanely fucked up was that so true i i know i just think back to that algorithm and i think like like what were they it was very thinking? wrong to, for it to be put in the hands of something like that and i do yeah. think that was we spoke about you know differences between experience at a state comp versus grammar or private and how those have come to lie at university i think the very fact that the differences came to like before we even got into university mm-hmm. um for context if you're in a class of i think 15 or less or 10 or less your grades didn't get altered by the algorithm i didn't know that yeah so people we had, who went to private schools we or no grammar schools with smaller classes our classes had minimum 30 people sometimes 35 yeah um and so automatically everyone got the vast majority at least got downgraded because it didn't seem possible for so many people to do well um but if you went to you know or if you did a very undersubscribed course um your grades weren't changed it it was never in our control is what i say i mean it's just blatant classism prejudice elitism uh, racism all the isms thrown in there all at once yeah um yeah, so I suppose that's a barrier you faced your education as well. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I said that's it. That's fun. Oh. Yeah. I'm just, I'm trying to find a way to round it out. Um, but you know what? I'm here now. I've nearly finished my time here and it's been so much fun and yep. I love my friends and I love the institution. That's a lie. I don't love the institution, but I am grateful for the degree it's going to give me. Yeah. Day. Uh, have you enjoyed your experience at Cambridge? Oh, I absolutely have. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is, is there anything else you'd like to add about sort of like what I do barriers to education or like anything you want to add to like what you would do with like seven years and what that would mean to you and you can say no it would mean a lot it would just mean i think being able to exist in a space that is devoid of a lot of the barriers not all Mm. a lot of the barriers but i think there's also a thing to acknowledge in that i guess is that it's it's often not only financial barriers that people face yeah and the sort of prejudice and things that you know won't be shaken off by nature of who you are yeah say a woman say a person of colour, say, a queer person. And there's sort of facets of your identity that aren't able to be mitigated by money. Mm. Um, so I think that is another factor to be considered. You can have all the money in the world, but yeah. that doesn't necessarily grant you a easy ride of it or yeah. erase any sort of Definitely. prejudice you might come up against. So I will still struggle in some sense. I just probably yeah. still get racially abused in some country. Yeah. But at least it will have nice food so true mavish thank you so 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 much for being my first guest You're so gas this is so embarrassing i am i'm i'm really don't ha- wax lyrical about me now i want food i think you're a brilliant person and i'm okay. i'm really glad you came on um before um, we i'm literally in my room babes <laughs> <laughs> i could have just voice noted you this you for sure could have uh we should have just facetimed what am i doing hi um you just want a day out in cambridge no uh anyway <laughs> what um before we say goodbye is there anything you'd like to plug promote um i promote myself promote as yourself an individual as yourself as an individual nice yeah. so. oh sexy um yeah thank you so much for listening again this is a pilot test episode so we are still working out why are you laughing <laughs> oh my god someone's just started hoovering i hope you can't hear that um thank you so much for listening to this pilot test episode of the exam room 
um thank you so much for stopping by um there is much much more to come from me and from the exam room um i've been your host cherry eckle you can find me on social media at cherry the eckle on instagram and twitter uh that's eckle spelled e-c-k-e-l and you can also find me on youtube cherry eckle again cherry like the fruit eckle e-c-k-e-l um thank you so much for listening thank you for stopping by i hope you have a lovely day wherever you are whoever you are um yeah see you soon mavish anything to add anything you want to shout i hate you cherry love you too babs have a great day that's it that's the episode um thanks for listening to it um a couple of thank yous just to round out this episode i know i said it was the end of the episode and i know i did my goodbyes but i'm i can't leave i'm gonna do one more firstly a very big thank you to you for listening thank you i really appreciate it um number two big old thank you to mavish my guest for this pilot episode thank you for letting me come and invade uh your space with my mics and my heavy heavy uh mic carrying case um number three a massive massive thank you to the people over at boundless theater um whose support made this podcast possible it would not exist without them so so please go show them some love at boundless abound on social media and while you're there come show me some love too at the exam hall pod um and while you're there maybe get in contact come be a guest on a future episode um there is so much more to come um and i cannot wait to share it with you all i'm gonna stop talking now and let you get on with your life have a lovely day